fear is not your future. Woodland Church, I love the words. I love the line in that song that says, are you ready for a breakthrough? Are you ready for a breakthrough? We all need a breakthrough in some area of our lives. And the good news is, Christ wants to give you that breakthrough. He wants to bring healing to the deepest wounds in your heart. He wants to break down the barriers that hold you back. And so I'm praying for us today because I know we all need breakthrough in some area of our lives. And he's the only one that can really do it. So let's pray to him. Dear God, I thank you that you listen to our prayers and that you care about us. But I also thank you, Lord, you have the power to do something about the problems in our lives. You have the power to change us. Lord, to turn the very barriers we face today into the bridges that will take us to a new level. So I pray that you would do that. Lord, I just pray for everyone worshiping with us online that you would let them know that you know what they're going through and you wanna give them their breakthrough. I pray for everyone here at the Woodlands campus or our Atascacita campus or our broadcast ministry that you just let them know, Lord, that you love them, you care about them, and you wanna give them the breakthrough that they need. So we ask you today for miracles. We ask you today, Lord, for breakthroughs, changes. Lord, give us a new day and show us how to go a new way. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated, Woodland Church. A classic science project in junior high is the egg drop challenge. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? If you're a young person, then you went through it. If you're a parent of a junior high student, you're going through it right now. Of course, the egg drop challenge involves each student attempting to devise a contraption that will protect the egg from breaking when it's dropped from up to 28 feet. So I thought it'd be fun for our tech team to take a crack, pun intended, at the egg drop challenge. So they came up with some very interesting and expertly engineered designs, and right here, right now, we're gonna have our first ever Woodlands Church Egg Drop Challenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know you're excited. And we have people all up in the catwalk gonna drop eggs, but don't worry, they're expert. These guys, the tech team has a lot of engineering experience, and so uh, they're gonna drop eggs on you, but I'm sure they won't crack. No, I'm just teasing. We're gonna drop them right up here. I have no idea how high that is, but the first one that they're gonna drop is kind of a classic. It's the Army parachute guy, and so here's a picture of it. They're gonna drop that, so I don't know if you're confident in our Army parachute guy, but uh, here we go. Three, two, one, drop! (laughs) Epic fail right there, okay? Whoever designed that, um, maybe you should find another volunteer opportunity rather than the tech team. So, Now here's one that I really like. Someone came up with this. It's the Olaf, no, it's the straws. I'm sorry, you're gonna get Olaf next, but it's, it's kind of the classic, you know, the straws. Um, a lot of kids use the straws and let's see if it works. Three, two, one, drop! That was poorly constructed. Uh, That wasn't wholeheartedly built. Let's put it that that way. Okay, now it's the Olaf challenge because someone found this. 
and Olaf is protecting that little egg. He, he's the hero of Frozen. And let's see if he can protect the egg. Olaf, three, two, one, jump! Get a close-up of Olaf. Um, Y'all are worried about Olaf, aren't you? Oh, no. So sad. He'll never be in Frozen 3. Um, Yeah, Olaf is fine. Don't worry about Olaf. It's the egg that's the problem. Now Olaf's not fine. Don't write me letters. He's not real, okay? That's not the real Olaf. That is not the real Olaf, okay? That's an effigy of Olaf. So anyway... Now this one, I don't know, I think this guy wasn't trying at all, or maybe he's kind of a smart aleck. It's the RIP egg drop right here. So, RIP egg drop, three, two, one, drop! And these guys are geniuses, aren't they? Uh huh. And you got a splash zone right down here. Got some egg on your face, so. Um, okay, now the tissue box. Now, this is a tissue box, and inside they tell me there's bubble wrap and some Kleenex, and there is an egg in there somewhere, so I'm more hopeful about this one. So, three, two, one, drop! Yeah. <laughs> some, some of you on the front row, man, this just really disturbs you, you know? Now, I'm not gonna open this until the end of the message, so you gotta stick around. I'm not gonna reveal, oh. That wasn't intentional. So anyway, you can go home. God bless you. God's not here today, go home. No, fortunately, God is here, and he's got a word for you. Every junior high student, just before dropping their egg to the floor, has high hopes that their design will triumph over the egg drop challenge. But usually in less than a second, their egg and their hopes are cruelly crushed. And sometimes life feels like an egg drop challenge epic fail, where our hopes get crushed and we're left dealing with the deep disappointment. Sometimes the things that we're expecting and planning on come crashing down. Sometimes the people we're counting on let us down and the deep disappointment feels soul crushing. We've all been there. And today we're concluding our series, New Day, New Way, and we're gonna see how even our deepest disappointments can lead to a new day. But we have to deal with the disappointment in a new way. And the Bible tells us that every setback is a set up. God uses the setback to set you up for a new level of success a new depth of character, a new and more powerful purpose in your life, a new level in a relationship. So let's look at Moses in the Old Testament because Moses was someone who was very familiar with disappointment. He was a great leader. He led the Israelites out of slavery from Egypt after they'd been there for 450 years. And the Bible says he was the most humble man on the face of the earth at the time. I mean, he was a servant leader who depended on God's direction, loved the people he was leading, But the people he loved and was leading, the Israelites, were always so quick to turn on him and criticize him and blame him for everything that went wrong. Their philosophy was, when in doubt, criticize the leader, blame the leader, question his motives, doubt his decisions, challenge his leadership. I mean, I can't even imagine how disappointed Moses was at times. 
how he must have felt so discouraged at times. The people were bragging on him one moment and betraying him the next. He's given his life away for these people that he loves and is serving. He's leading, he was a reluctant leader, but he's serving because he loves God and he's following God's call and he loves the people and he's serving them and they turn on him over and over again. And nothing crushes us more than when someone we care about or someone we counted on betrays us. That kind of disappointment cuts deep. So let's look at Exodus chapter 15 to see how God can turn disappointment into a new day of healing. So would you stand in honor of God's word? Exodus 15, beginning with verse 22. Then Moses led the people of Israel on from the Red Sea, and they moved out into the wilderness of Shur, and were there three days without water. Arriving at Marah, they couldn't drink the water because it was bitter. That is why the place was called Marah, meaning bitter. Then the people turned against Moses. Must we die of thirst, they demanded. Moses pleaded with the Lord to help them, and the Lord showed him a tree to throw into the water, and the water became sweet. It was there at Marah that the Lord laid before them the following conditions to test their commitment to him. If you will listen to the voice of the Lord your God and obey it and do what is right, then I will not make you suffer the diseases I sent on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. And they came to Elam, where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees, and they camped there beside the springs. You can be seated. It says that Moses led Israel from the Red Sea into the desert of Shur. Now, what happened at the Red Sea? Only the greatest miracle in the history of the Israelites is God parted the Red Sea and brought them from certain death to safety. God brought them from no way to a new day. God brought them from no hope to overwhelming hope. And Moses told them that God was going to deliver them. And now they see that their great leader was right all along, that Moses knew what he was doing that Moses was following God. And when they crossed the Red Sea, Moses led them into the desert of Shur. And the people were real sure that God was gonna take care of them. The people were real sure that they had a great leader in Moses. The people were just sure that everything was gonna work out because they put Moses on this pedestal of perfect. They see that their great leader is going to lead them in a great way. But it didn't take long. Moses led them for three days in the desert without water, and they weren't so sure anymore. In fact, they turned on Moses. They doubted Moses. And I'm sure Moses felt some deep disappointment. You know, we've all come to a place at times where we've expected God to come through. We've all come to the place where we've expected something amazing to happen and it doesn't happen. You see, it seems like the Israelites were always having problems with water. At first, there was too much water at the Red Sea. Then there was not enough water in the desert. And then they came to water that was bitter at Mara. You see, they came to this place called Mara, and they were dying of thirst, and they came with high expectations. They see this 
pool of cool water, abundant water, and they have new hope. Their hopes are lifted, and they take a big gulp and find it's bitter, toxic, undrinkable, and their hopes are dashed. They find themselves not at the oasis they were expecting, but in the desert of disappointment. And we've all tasted the bitter waters of Mara in the desert of disappointment. Your Mara is anything that was once sweet but has turned bitter. Mara is anything that you counted on, put your hope in, but has crushed your heart and left you bitterly disappointed. It could be that job that started out so perfect and you thought was going to be perfect and then after a while, it's turned into a desert of disappointment. Maybe your Mara is that relationship which used to be the source of your greatest joy but now has become the source of your greatest pain. Your Mara may be the sweet dream that kept you motivated when things were tough but now it looks like the dream is dead and you're just trying to deal with the disappointment. They're trying to just get through another day. Ultimately, our Mara is a deep disappointment with God. When God doesn't do what we're expecting him to do, when God doesn't answer our prayer the way we want him to, when God allows someone to hurt us deeply, when God allows a problem into our lives that we didn't ask for or deserve, if we're being honest today, and let's do be honest, we're in church, we've all at times been disappointed with God. Now, God never fails, but it sure feels like it at times. And at Mara, Moses probably felt like God had let him down by leading him to this bitter place. And the people were griping at him and grumbling and blaming him. He had to be really disappointed in the people that he loved and were trying to lead because the first thing they did when they experienced disappointment is they blamed Moses. Look at Exodus 15, 24. Then the people turned against Moses. Must we die of thirst, they demanded. They said, why did you lead us out here? You're the worst leader in the world. Why did you lead us out here to this place of bitterness? But Moses didn't lead them there. It was God who led them there. He just used Moses. But God led them to Marah. Why? Exodus 15, 25 tells us, and there he tested them. Marah was a test. God was testing their character. And God's character is revealed in the big crisis in life but our character is revealed in the little crisis in life. God showed his character and his power when he parted the Red Sea. But God revealed what the people really like at Mara. The place of disappointment showed what was really in their lives. And they failed the test. They griped, blamed, and complained. They didn't trust God. And how many of you have been going through a test lately? God allows you to get to the place of Mara to test you. God's allowing your character to be tested. Now, God already knows what's in my character. God's not testing me to discover what's in my character. He already knows. God's testing me to reveal to me what's in my character so I have to face it and realize how much I need him to change and to heal me. So I wanna ask myself, when I'm in that desert of disappointment, what is this disappointment revealing about me? What is in my character that needs to change? Because it's there at Mara that I have to face my character flaws and the areas that I need to change in and grow in. 
I need to see what's really inside me. And it's the pressure and the disappointment that brings it out. Now, one of the things disappointment almost always reveals is misplaced hope. You see, the Israelites placed their hope in Moses. They looked at him as the savior. Hey, follow this guy, he's amazing. They put Moses on a pedestal of perfection, and when they experience disappointment, they go from believing that he's perfect to believing he's their problem. And whenever you look at a human being as a savior, you'll eventually make them your scapegoat. You'll blame them. Because there's only one savior, Jesus Christ. And whenever I put my greatest hope in a human being, I'm going to be disappointed. I'm gonna be let down. That's why I'm always a little leery of people who say, Carrie, you are the perfect pastor. You are amazing. My last pastor was okay, but you're the greatest pastor in the world. You always say the perfect things. You care about everyone. My last pastor didn't really care about everyone. Hey, I need encouragement. Please don't stop encouraging me. I need it. But don't you dare put me up on the pedestal of perfection because I'm far from perfect. And if you do that, I'm sure to disappoint you. I guarantee it. I'll just tell you right now. I'm gonna be a terrible disappointment to you. Don't you dare make me your savior because eventually you will make me your scapegoat. You will blame me for why you're not growing spiritually like you should be or why your marriage is struggling. And that's what some people do with churches. They're always looking for that perfect church and so they start going to a church and hey, this is perfect, it's amazing. Not like our last church. And then they see things that they don't like. Man, I don't like that, I don't like that. This isn't a perfect church. And no church is quite good enough for them. Oh yeah, I would join a church, but I just haven't found a church that really meets my needs. I haven't found a church that's spiritual enough for me. I'm just looking for a church that is just right for me and this, can't find one. They're too spiritual for any church. And they blame churches for their lack of commitment in their character. Whenever you make someone your savior, eventually you will make them your scapegoat. I've seen it so many times. Because no human being can meet your highest hopes and your deepest needs. There's only one savior, Jesus Christ, and everyone else will lay you down. So our disappointments usually reveal some misplaced hope that we placed too much hope in a human being or too much hope in material possessions or too much hope in success. Too much hope in what people think about us, or prestige. But let me tell you, there is a hope that will not disappoint. I love Romans 5.5. 5. It tells us about that hope, and this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Did you get that? This hope will not lead to disappointment. What hope is he talking about? Our hope in Jesus Christ. When we place all our hope in God, we won't be disappointed. Now, sometimes in the middle of the path, we'll feel disappointed. We'll feel like God has let us down. But when it's all said and done, we'll realize God didn't let us down. He was the only one holding us up. And it's at the place of Mara that we find he's our only hope. People will disappoint you. People you love will let you down. People you trust will betray you you will experience some crushing disappointments in life. I just gotta be honest with you, but you already know it. But even at the place of your deepest disappointment, even when your hope and heart have been crushed, you can find real hope, the healer of our hearts, 
the Savior who will never leave us. So what do you do when you're disappointed? What do you do when you find yourself at Mara? Look at what Moses did. This is amazing, and this really tells us how to go from disappointment to a new day of healing. In Exodus 15, 25, it says, Moses pleaded with the Lord to help them. So Moses went to the only hope. He cried out to God for help. He didn't hold on to the hurt. He didn't say to the people, I am sick of you. I am done with you. I'm just tired of you blaming me. I don't deserve that. He doesn't say, okay, if you can lead better, take over. I'll just watch. I'm out of here. Good luck getting out of the desert by yourself. I'm done with you. No, he doesn't do that. He shows us the first thing that we're to do when we find ourselves at the place of disappointment. Don't hold on to your hurt, take it to the healer. Don't hold on to that hurt, you go directly to the one who can heal because if you keep score or try to settle the score, it just prevents your healing. It doesn't hurt anyone but you. When I try to settle the score with someone who hurt me, God stops working on my behalf. So don't complain, don't grumble, don't blame, don't gripe to yourself or other people. Don't try to rally everybody to your side. And don't take it out on someone. Instead, take it to God. It says Moses pleaded with God. He didn't take it out on the people even though they deserved it. He took it to God. He pleaded with God. I'm sure he took all his anger, his frustration, his hurt, and he let God have it. Don't take it out on anyone else. Take it out on God because he's big enough to handle it, and that's what he wants. That's a healthy thing to do. That's what God wants us to do. When you're disappointed with God, just tell him. Pour it all out on him. Just take it to God. Don't take it out on anyone else. And after you've cried all your tears, after you've yelled everything at God you can yell, after you poured out all your anger and disappointment on him, you will find that he's just right there loving you. Hearing your heart, feeling your hurt, and holding you up. The healer will then begin to heal your wounds and take you to a new level. Whatever you do, don't let the disappointment drive you away from God. A lot of people, when they face disappointment, they get disappointed with God. They go through a tragedy and they blame God. And it's really okay to do that if you take it right to his face. But when you run away from God because God disappoints you, it's the worst thing you can do because you're running away from hope. You're running away from healing. You're running away from God and his love for you. He's your only hope. He's the healer of your deepest hurt. And in Exodus 15, I want you to see in verse 26 how the healing will come. How the healing will come. In Exodus 15, 26, if you will listen to the voice of the Lord your God and obey it and do what is right, then I will not make you suffer the diseases I sent on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. So the Lord tells the people, I'm the healer and I wanna bring healing to you. God says, I brought you tomorrow to teach you to depend on me, to obey me, even when you don't understand it, even when you feel disappointed. I'm trying to teach you that you can trust me. I can heal your deepest hurt. I can meet your deepest need. I want you to learn at Mara that 
I love you and want to heal you. So don't hold on to the hurt, take it to the healer. And then secondly, don't dwell on the disappointment. Look for his appointment. When you're disappointed and hurt, don't focus on it. Don't rehearse it over and over again. Focus on how God wants to work in it. Now you have to face the hurt. You have to grieve your disappointment. You can't ignore it, you have to deal with it so you can heal from it. Deal with it, but don't dwell on it. Have you noticed that every time you review a hurt, it just gets bigger and bigger? It just hurts more. I mean, every time you think about a hurt, it gets bigger. So make the choice to change your focus from the hurt to how God wants to use it in your life. Start looking for what God is doing, for where God is leading. Of course, the difference between the word disappointment and his appointment is just one letter. Every time God allows a disappointment in your life, there's always a divine appointment hidden in it. Disappointments are God's appointments in disguise. Every setback is really a setup where God is setting you up for a new level, a new depth in a relationship, a new level of success, a new level in your character, a new level of joy, a new purpose. And so we've got to look for it. You see, if there was a huge ditch in front of me right here, and I was standing next to the ditch, and it's filled with mud, and, and I can't really jump over the ditch if I'm standing right next to the ditch, I, I, I'm concerned that I'm going to go right into that ditch, then I have to step back. And as I step back and I run, then I can jump, get the momentum I need to overcome the barrier, to get past the place where I'm stuck. And so, so many times, God will allow a setback in your life so that he's gonna take you over the barrier, the place, that ditch, that rut that you've been stuck in. And so when the setback happens, immediately look at where you've been stuck and look at what God is doing and how he's gonna take you over that barrier. He's getting ready to give you a breakthrough if you'll open your eyes to see it. I want you to look at Exodus 15, 25. Moses pleaded with the Lord to help them, and the Lord showed him a tree to throw into the water, and the water became sweet. So God shows Moses this tree that had fallen, and he threw it into the water, and the water goes from bitter to sweet. And God can even take the bitter hurts in your life and bring sweet goodness out of them. God wants to turn your Mara into a miracle. But notice that the thing God used to work the miracle was there all along. I mean, God didn't make that tree at that instant and go, here's a tree I just made. No, it was there all along. If Moses would have wallowed in self-pity or, or just kept thinking about how bad he had it in life because he's leading these obstinate people who don't appreciate him, he would have never noticed the tree. He wouldn't have seen the solution that was right in front of him. And when we get stuck in our disappointment, we miss God's appointment for us. That's right in front of our face. When I get my eyes on the Lord, he opens my eyes to the miracle that's right under my nose. It's pretty amazing that usually what God wants to use to provide for you, what God wants to use to give you that breakthrough, what God wants to use to give you that miracle, is right there all along. You just don't see it until you put your eyes on God. And he opens your eyes to see it. So start looking right now. 
What miracle do you need? Usually it's right in front of you. Usually it's right there. Sometimes it's God's people right there. Sometimes it's a friend. Sometimes it's a new career path that maybe losing that job frees you up to do. But look, it's right there. It's right there. God does this all the time. Five loaves and two fishes. He he said, hey, you guys got to feed them. We can't feed them. Well, what do you got? Let's start with what you got. Remember the widow who they were coming, the debtors were coming to take away her children and she had no money and, and Elijah the prophet said, well, what do you have in your house? And she said, I just got a little bit of oil. That's all. He said, that's good. God can work with that. And God provided. You see, God takes whatever you got to give you what you don't have. God will take the little bit you have if you give it to him, and he'll multiply it to give you exactly what you need, but you gotta open your eyes to see that the miracle is right in front of your nose. Are you gonna look this week, Woodland Church? All right, let's get our eyes off of the disappointment, and it's hard. Only God can give you the strength to do that. Get your eyes on God and say, God, open my eyes so I can see your appointment in this disappointment, your redirection, what you're doing. So don't hold on to the hurt, look to the healer, don't dwell on the disappointment, look for his appointment, and don't retreat in fear, just keep walking in faith. When we experience disappointment, it's just human nature to pull in, to withdraw, to build up high walls around us because we don't wanna get hurt anymore. We wanna protect ourselves from the pain. Of course, to rebuild a relationship with someone who wronged you requires them to patiently build trust back with you. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is don't let the disappointment keep you living in fear of hurt. Don't let the disappointment keep you from risking, loving, trusting, living. Don't let it make you stop living. Can you imagine the Apostle Paul doing that? The people that let Paul down were too many to count. They criticized him, hurt him, betrayed him, tried to kill him, they stoned him. But Paul just keeps walking in faith. He just keeps walking forward in faith, one step at a time. And by the way, one of the marks of leadership is you expect to be criticized, and you don't keep that from leading you. Don't keep that from leading them. You don't keep that from, that, that from keeping you from stepping up to the plate to be a leader that God has called you to be. If you're a leader, expect to be criticized. If you do anything with your one and only life, you're gonna get criticized by the people who haven't done anything with their one and only life. And so if you step out to do anything, you're gonna be criticized. Don't be surprised by it. That's just a mark of maturity and leadership that you just keep leading. Now, can you imagine Jesus Christ getting stuck in his hurts and disappointments? Can you see Jesus going back to heaven early and the angel said, Lord, why are you here? What happened? And Jesus saying, well, not everybody liked me down there. I mean, they didn't even appreciate me. I mean, they didn't even recognize that I'm God. I mean, I was treated really badly. They all just let me down. No, he was criticized, his motives were questioned, he was denied, he was betrayed, and he was crucified, and yet he kept obeying his father in faith. He never cared about pleasing people. Now, he loved people, and he would tell them the truth in love because he loved them, but it wasn't about him being liked or pleasing them. By the way, you're just asking to be hurt if you're trying to please everybody because that's impossible. 
It's an unrealistic expectation that will leave you deeply disappointed and empty. Because whenever you try to please everyone, you're gonna fail. You may please one group and the other group's gonna get really mad at you. You please that group and another one will get really mad at you. You can't please everyone, even God can't do that. You see, he disappointed me today. I woke up and it was pouring down rain. And I was like, God, why? This makes no sense. This will keep people from coming to church. And he reminded me, yeah, there's people that I'm testing to see if they have character, so don't worry about it. (laughs) But they're all watching online, so it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I know you're all online right now. Yeah. I mean, I was disappointed. You know, it's like, wow, why would God let it rain like this? You know, that may keep some people from coming to church, you know? While the farmer is praying, God, give me rain. He's well pleased today. So you can't, I mean, you can't please everyone. Even God can't do that. And when you experience disappointment, don't retreat in fear. Don't dwell on it. Don't rehearse it. Let God reverse it. Don't rehearse it. Let God reverse it because that's what he wants to do. And that's what he did because Moses didn't rehearse it. He just took it right to God. In Exodus 15, 27, it says, after leaving Marah, the Israelites traveled on to the oasis of Elam where they found 12 springs and 70 palm trees. They camped there beside the water. See, after they left Marah, God leads them to this oasis in the desert called Elam. I mean, they had no water and now they're camping beside abundant water. Now, do you know how far Elam is from Mara? Five miles, just five miles. What if the Israelites would have given up at Mara when Elam was just five miles away? And when we're in the desert of disappointment, we quit too soon. We give up too soon. We throw in the towel when the oasis is just around the corner. When we find ourselves in the desert of disappointment, we feel like quitting. We all do. But the only way to get from the place of bitterness to the place of sweetness is to keep going, to keep walking in faith, even when you don't feel like it, even when you don't understand it. Don't quit. Don't quit on your marriage. Don't quit on obeying God. Don't quit on your dream. Elam is just around the corner. Don't quit in the desert when God has 12 springs of water waiting for you. Don't give up. Just keep taking the next step. And you don't have to take a leap of faith. You just keep taking the next step, obeying God. Keep taking the next step. God is leading you to Elam, a place of sweetness and abundance. But he's taking you through the test because there has to be the testing before there's the blessing. The test comes before you can be blessed. And maybe you've been spending time with God every day until recently you just kind of gave up. Don't quit before the blessing. It's like, man, if I can't do it every day, I just give up. That's awful. What if you said that about eating? Oh, I skipped a meal. I'll just give up. I'll never eat again. This is so discouraging. I missed a meal. No, you just make up for it the next meal, don't you? But when you're feeding on God's word, oh, I missed a couple days, I'm worthless, I'm not gonna do it anymore. No, just get right back at it. God's right there, he forgives you, and he just says, come back to me. 
Maybe you quit tithing because you're going through a time when you're not seeing the blessing instantly. So you just kind of gave up, you quit. Don't quit before you experience the abundant blessing that God has for you because he promises you that. His word is at stake. He will come through for you. You cannot outgive God, but yes, there'll be some times of testing. The test comes before you can be blessed. You have to walk through the testing before you can experience the blessing, and God's just waiting to bless you. Just keep taking steps. He's going, take another step. Take another step. Trust me. I want you to learn to depend on me, that I'm trustworthy, even when you don't understand it, even when you don't feel like it. Take another step. Take another step. And I'm leading you to Elam. Don't quit when it's just five miles away. It is just around the corner. It's just down the road. Don't give up. Winston Churchill said, when you're going through hell, keep going. I mean, walk out of it with God's power. Now, it's interesting that God used a tree to turn the bitter water into sweet water. And 2,000 years later, God used another tree, the cross, to turn the bitterness of our sins into the sweetness of his forgiveness. I love this verse in Galatians 3, 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law by being made a curse for us. As it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. I'm so grateful that Jesus took the curse of sin that was on me and he reversed the curse. On that tree, Jesus took the bitterness of all my sins and gave me the sweetness of forgiveness and grace and fulfillment and purpose, things that I never deserved. I was under the curse because of my sins. And because of that cross and because of the resurrection, I know he will never fail me. There's only one who will never fail you. You just need to know that. There's only one who will never disappoint you. There's only one who is always faithful, and that's Jesus Christ. Everyone else is gonna let you down, and you're gonna let people down. But Jesus Christ will never let you down. And he's trying to teach you that. And he has to walk you through a time where you feel let down so that you can come out of it and find that he was the only one holding you up. You have to walk through the desert of disappointment so you can get to that place of a divine appointment. Every setback is a setup, and some of you go, man, I'm really set up right now. I'm really set up, I guess. God's getting ready to give you that breakthrough. The only thing that can stop it is if you stop. Keep walking in faith, just the next step, just a little step, and say, God, I don't have the power to take this next step, and he'll give you the power. You start to take it, he'll give you the power, but if you're waiting, God, just make me feel great before I take the next step. That's usually what we do. God, bless me. Help me win the lottery, and I'll start tithing. <laughs> God, do a miracle in my life, and I'll trust you more. And God says, you take the next step, and I'll give you the strength to take it, and I will knock that door down. You start walking through the door of obedience, and right when you get there, I will knock it down. I will blow up that door so you'll go to the next level, and you will have your breakthrough, but it takes a step of faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so, somehow, he allows me to participate with him in the miracle. I don't work the miracle, I don't deserve the miracle, but if I take that little step of faith, it gives me the power to do it, and then he works the miracle. And I learn that I can trust him, even when I don't understand it, even when I don't feel like it. 
Even when I feel like he's letting me down, I discover that he was the only one holding me up. Woodland Church, let's stand together. Do you believe that God has a breakthrough waiting for you? We all need one, and he's the only one that can do it. So let's look to him right now. And I know some of you are going through deep disappointment. I mean, God's allowed something into your life. He didn't cause it, but he's allowed something into your life that makes no sense, that you never deserved. Someone wronged you so deeply. Some circumstance came into your life that just crushed your heart. And we don't understand. Some things we won't understand until we get to heaven. Some things you'll never get over on this earth, but you will get through it with God's power. And so even when you feel a disappointment with God, bring it to him. Pour it out on him, and you will find that he will hold you up. And one day we will understand. So let's pray. Dear God, we come before you today. And I know everyone here has some disappointments in their life where things haven't gone the way that hoped. But Lord, I pray that you would just teach us in those disappointments, that we would take our hope and place it on you, not on human beings to be our savior, but place our hope on you, the only savior. And Lord, I pray that you would just open our eyes to see the divine appointment that's hidden in this disappointment. Maybe it's a new direction, a redirection. Help us see the miracle that's right under our nose. And then, Lord, help us take another step of faith, another step of faith, because I know the blessing is just around the bend. Lord, that you want to turn Mara into a miracle, so do that this week as only you can in people's lives. As we trust you and in faith obey you, Lord, we thank you that you're going to come through and that those setbacks are just setting us up for a huge breakthrough. Bring about the breakthrough. Lord, I pray for breakthroughs this week. I pray that you would break through people's hearts and bring us to a new depth of character, a new depth in relationships. Lord, take us to a new place of blessing as only you can, a new place of healing as only you can. And we give you all the credit and we thank you in advance that that's what you're gonna do for you're the only one who can. Lord, we plead with you because you're our only hope. And I pray for those who've never placed their hope in you, Jesus, to save them, that they would do that right now. They would just pray silently to you, Jesus Christ, I am tired of putting my hope in myself, putting my hope in others that disappoint me, putting my hope in me and I fail and sin, so I place the little bit of hope I have on you, Jesus Christ, to forgive me of all my sins, to save me, to take me to heaven one day. I want you to lead me and I wanna take steps of faith to obey you best I know how, I trust you, Lord. Help me trust you more each and every day. Teach me to rely on you. Bring healing spiritually in my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer, Christ came into your life, and I'm telling you, aren't you glad you came to church today? Aren't you glad? God's bringing a rain of blessings on you. <clears throat> and aren't you glad that you connected online? That counts in God's eyes. He told me. He told me, unless you've got a couple of things going, if you've got the pregame going for the playoffs on one screen, on the other screen you're watching on, that doesn't count, okay? That does not count. You're scrolling through your phone, 
looking at your news, that doesn't count either. But if you connected, you were with us, that counts. You're part of our online family, and we have people all over the world part of our online family. And I want to tell every one of you to Tascacita, with Pastor Daniel, every one of you here at the Woodlands campus, everyone online, everyone through our broadcast ministry, fear's not your future. If Christ is Lord of your life, then fear is not your future, he is your future. Because he's not limited by time and space, he's in the past, present, and future all at the same time. He's in your future preparing a way for you right now. And nothing surprises God. We get surprised, we get blindsided, but God doesn't. When hurts come our way, he hurts before we even experience it. He has the blessing waiting for us right there. And so do you believe God's gonna bring you breakthrough today? Then you sing it. We don't know what the future holds, but we know it holds the future and it's our God. Hey church, thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.